Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Brian, and we're back with a new episode of Stream Close Up. Our guest this week is Malin Buska, award winning star of Stage and Screen. Amolin is currently earning rave reviews for her performance in the new Scandi Noir drama Advocatin, or The Lawyer, which is streaming on Via Play. Amolin co-stars opposite recent podcast guest Alexander Kareem. She plays Sarah Khalil, a troubled cop looking to avenge the murder of her parents. Some of you may know Amolin from her turn in Bjorn Rungi's Happy End, where she played Katrine a role that earned her the Rising Star Award at the Stockholm Film Festival in 2011. The jury motivated that decision as follows, quote, A young person's life choices are revealed with impressive precision. A person with what seems like a hard outer shell, but an inner frailty, is transformed before our eyes into someone who assumes a brave responsibility for her future life. Balanced on a knife's edge, this is beautifully and sensitively played by Maulin Buska. Wow, talk about rave reviews. Uh, in 2013, Maulin had a key role in Snobba Cash, Leave It Deluxe, or Fast Money, Life of Luxury, the follow-up to the smash hit Snobba Cash. More recently, she starred in The Girl King, which is a retake of the 1933 classic Queen Christina, which starred the immortal Greta Garbo. For her performance... Mullen won the Best Actress Award at the Montreal Film Festival. We'll get into all this and even hear a little bit about her upcoming UK TV series, A Discovery of Witches, which she's currently filming in Wales. And before we get to Mullen, I'd just like to ask you to please spread the word about the podcast if you like what you're hearing. We appreciate your help. And to remind you that you can always reach out to us via Twitter, at Stream Up. All right, let's do it. In for her stream close-up, Malin Buska. Welcome, welcome to the show, Malin Buska. Thank you very much. Malin is out doing the work today, celebrating and promoting her latest project, Advocatin, which will premiere shortly on Via Play. She's co-starring, carrying the weight, and uh, has a very interesting character that she's driving there, uh, Sar- Sarah Khalil. Yes, that's and right. And co-starring with Alexander 
uh, Kareem. <laughs> yeah, we'll get back to all of this. You're here to talk about Advocaten, but as we like to do, we want to hear your story and find out how you got to Advocaten. Uh, you're a Swedish woman from the Arctic Circle, mm -hmm. north of the Arctic Circle. Yeah. When you're growing up, how does storytelling come into your life? When do you feel that you want to be an actress, that you want to do this? I think I understood that quite early on. I don't remember exactly a day, uh, but I always had a passion for telling stories. Uh, and I also come from a culture when you are sitting down telling stories like the older ones are doing it the younger ones are doing it want to like talk about the past or you know what happened and cultural cultural stuff as well and hang um, on they're making it sound like you're from a different time yeah but it was a bit different you know it's quite isolated up there um and was even more before when i was a kid we didn't have cellular phones we didn't have internet you know that kind of thing and living in the woods and not you know if you're just going to sit and read a book and or if you wanted to go somewhere um it was quite pointless because the party was always four hours away Oof. uh so that's the thing that i got from up there i, I think it's some kind of concentration or uh yeah. Okay, focus on storytelling, folklore, somehow. Yeah, exactly. And then I, I uh, discover films. And I was, I was actually, I started out on stage with theater. And then I went over. Where, I, where was that when you say you started out on stage? Is that school? Is that theater school? No, I was, I was in a play um, that was touring a bit. Um, it was a Finnish and Swedish production so we were touring around the whole um the northern part of sweden and in finland a bit was um, it mixed language as well yeah it was that's fascinating i've seen some so, things and now you're in a mixed language production advocate full yeah, circle interesting yeah. so what was the production do you remember what was it it was about the finnish uh, winter war okay so <laughs> the russians are coming yeah exactly um and that was also a game that we were used to play when I was a kid. We didn't play that much with toys and stuff, but we were outside in the woods playing, you know, the Russians and the Finns and, you know. We played cowboys and Indians when yeah, I was exactly. growing up, our version. That was our cowboys and Indians, you know. Mm. Heavy stuff, actually, for kids. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so you then start a theater career. Is yeah. it is that... Was that something that you fell into? Did you chase that first role? How did that come about? Um, no, I got that role. And then I started uh, to work with some other theatres, uh, small, more political theatre groups and stuff. And then I um, searched for the theatre school, acting school. And I, I was like, if I'm not coming in now... I'm never going to search again. So. <laughs> so I needed to come come in and I did. Uh, so I did that. And then, but I always been, I thought the school was quite focused on just stage acting. And to be an actor today is not just stage, it's TV, it's radio, it's uh, films, you know. Oh, so many things I want to ask. First of all, is this your character? Is that your nature? It's all or nothing. I'm in or I'm out. Is that the way you are in general? Yeah, I guess so, yeah. Wow, a lot at stake if you hadn't made it. But it's fucking scary as well. <laughs> <laughs> I guess in a good way sometimes. That's... So sometimes I'm just protecting, protecting, and then I just 
when I know I can't, and then I just go. I'm quite much like that. Yeah. Interesting. And then you talk about how, okay, that was a focus on stage, which obviously is part of the craft, but Mm. you start to hint that being an actor now is so much more. Yeah. And it's so much more. I mean, actors taking responsibility for creating their own content, writing Mm. their own stuff. Are you in that path at all? Um. I think it's going to come. Okay, yeah. Uh, because there's a lot of stories that I want to tell. Um, but right now, in this moment, I've been, I've been quite blessed working with like really great productions right now. Advocatum was the, my first TV show, and then wow, what a place to start. Yeah, and then I was working again on another TV show. Did a very small part just to be part of. I was working. I did. A movie called Easy Money, it's mm-hmm. Cash. Yes. And um, so I got the opportunity to work with Jens Jonsson again um, in um, another show. And now I'm working on another TV show again in England. So, um, okay. Yeah. So the career is opening up. You are having a moment. It's really interesting to sort of do a dive into your career. It seems that you came out of nowhere, but you tell us you put your time in at theater, almost, at theater school. Yeah, so it was a lot of like, I've been doing this for such a long time, um, but I'd been taking everything quite slowly. And I did my first feature film, 2011. A happy End. Happy End. How did that come about? How do you move from the theater to your first feature film and not so tiny a role either? I mean, you're part of a big ensemble there. Yeah, it is really great actors and Bjorn Rung is a great director as well. So, um, But it was quite natural because I've been looking at movies. Movies for me was something really intimate. And um, yeah, when I... When I was younger, I was watching like kids and Harmony Korine and that kind of s- movies, mm-hmm. and that made me feel quite. Um, there was someone that was looking at us as kids in a way that we actually were. We were quite disgusting and ugly creatures as well. We are not just cute, yeah. and that was the thing that was like. <gasps> we're moving from John Hughes to something a little bit more real. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then, then after after a while, I started to look at like Gina Rowlands and Killing of a Chinese Bookie and all those kinds of. And I've been interested in movie making, like the photography, the you know the whole the whole thing, um, and that also thing with Kinski and you know the Kinski spin, the turn, and you okay. know that kind of thing. So I, would, I. So but, you're, you're going to be directing. I see it. <laughs> <laughs> and Sofia Coppola, you know that. Um, but but that interest and sort of that taste doesn't guarantee that you're going to end up in those kind of productions. I mean, how, how does it happen? Is that just luck that you get into something like Happy End? Um, not just luck, mm. but I must say, I think everything happens. And, you know, sometimes you have a flow and you come in in the right time because Björn was uh, searching for uh, Catherine my character and he was like looking at uh, so many other actresses and then I was actually just writing him an email and said that I loved some of his work and that I would like to meet him and you know uh, in the future and the rest is history and he said he came back to me straight away and said, I'm actually casting uh, for my next feature film right now. Can you meet me in in the morning the next day at 8 o'clock? And I did, and I got the part. So, so the lesson is reach out. Don't be afraid. No. 
I think I'm I'm quite scared doing that as well. I'm quite reserved in a way and quite shy, but sometimes when, you know, just do it instead of like think too much. Yeah, and that was the timing obviously was right for you. Yeah. Well, congratulations. Thank and that's you. that's a really interesting part. I mean, the it's not an easy character. That woman is going through a lot there. Mm. And th- th- was that emotionally difficult to play? Was that easy to fall into that kind of a role? Um, I think those kinds of characters has come to me quite easily. Uh, I don't know what that say that tells about me, okay. but uh, of course it's quite tough to do those kinds of like portraits. But it's somewhere. In a way, I'm just. Um, I guess I'm very interested in the ugly sides and. Us. There's some darkness in your character, Sarah, yeah. as well. Yeah. L- let me ask: When you're doing that, that's your first film production. You're part of it. You're obviously interested in in the craftsmanship of filmmaking. Mm-hmm. Did you see the film that came out of it when you were doing it? Did you realize that that was going to be the result, or were you surprised by the final result? Uh, about happy end. Yeah. Uh, I was quite surprised. Uh, because it's also like the process when you're working, you're doing so much and you are in the now and then you're not really thinking about the results. Mm. Uh, of course, it's like you have your your way to uh, work with the camera and you have the space and you, you do all that kind of thing. So you can, in a way, control uh, the scene, the or, scene yeah. and stuff, but still you, I'm just let everything go. So you, I, I, I didn't even realize what it was going to come out, um, and I'm, I find it really difficult to watch films. And I thought, okay, this was the last f- film, I, my first and my last, because I, this was, I was so bad. Oh uh, no! Are you critical <laughs> of yourself and everything that you do? I think I am, mm. and it's, it's. It's such a struggle. It's uh, what is it with great performers who can't watch themselves? We all love your work, and you tell us, "Oh, I can't, I can't be bothered." Uh, <laughs> but I guess there's so, no, so much. In, you have you have such an investment in it. For us, it, we come just and getting then, everything, and then also like to watch it, and then you see, "Oh fuck! I, why did it? Why did I take that choice? Why did I do that? Why, I, I could have done, you know, mm. I could have." And then I also always think when I'm playing a character, I I always think that I look completely different. Like that, I have different kind of features, and you know. Uh, so, wasn't that a great uh, trait for an actress? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so you have that success. You get great reviews for that. People are tagging you as the next big thing already coming out of Happy End. Does that change your life? Um, of course, for me, Happy End was a was a beginning of something new in my life um and i'm so happy that was my first feature um but then of course like to work with films you never know what's going to happen um and i had times where i didn't do that much and i been holding myself on the side a bit and that's um, by choice you're not seeing anything that's interesting for you so yeah but then of course everything is not like sometimes um you think certain kind of roles or genres is not really the thing you think you like but 
then suddenly you, if you are just thinking, you go, you just miss a lot, you know. Yeah, and I guess it depends also on who so is look, doing it as well. That's the thing: who is doing it? What's the story? Is the script? And also, yeah, who is doing it? And yeah, and then that includes the actors and directors and DOPs and you know all that kind of things. And across the board, yeah. yeah. So you move from Happy End to the Snobbakash franchise. Yes. What was that experience like? That was something new as well. And I wasn't li- really, I, I thought like, okay, that genre, that like Snobbakash, I'm not, you know, I don't really know. Gangsters. Yeah, gangsters. And of course, like I was, I think everybody loved Coppola's um, The Godfather. Sure. Uh, and I saw that one and it was just, I loved it. And I was so in love with Michael. <laughs> <laughs> but but I haven't been so I didn't think that I was a person that liked to do stunts and be hard and fight and uh, do those kinds of things but it was I, I enjoyed it a lot and it was some kind of I'm happy that I was part of that phenomenon phenomenon yeah, yeah. Um, that Snubba Cash actually was and is that something that led you back to Advocaten the fact that you'd work on that project or are they completely unrelated I'm just thinking since Jens Lapidus is behind both yeah exactly that was the thing uh, <laughs> that uh, I was because I didn't know when I was reading the script the Advocaten uh, I didn't know that Jens was involved and I was reading it and I suddenly I was there again it's like <gasps> I need to read more and I want to do this. And then after after a while, because I, I, I didn't think that this was something that I, you know, but it was so good. And then I heard, yeah, Jens is behind this as well. So I guess there's something with him and... His style. Yeah. yeah. He's Yeah, he's putting his mark on the, what a Scandi- mm. Scandi- Nordic noir. Yeah. His hands are all over this. And it's also interesting, his eye on how, how he looked he can see people from the good and bad side and he just uh, brush away, you know, the borders and it just melts together. I also like the way he does dialogue. I think it just sounds so real. There's something going on. He's yeah, He's got an ear for something going definitely. on out there. Yeah. And so we know that you're the co-star of Advocaten and we certainly know that you can carry a TV show because you carried a film the girl mm-hmm. queen. I just finished watching this. What I've a tremendous performance. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I, I, I have a million questions about this. Yeah. Uh, my regular question, how do you come to that? I realized that it was in pre-production for a long time. It was. Different names were attached to it. it and a matter of timing or did you write a, did you write that email to the director saying, "Hey, Actually, I'd like to meet you?" <laughs> this is because happy end. Mm-hmm. Uh, because uh, Mika and Aki Kaurismäki watched the film. And then they said, oh, we want, we want to look at her. And they sent me the script. And I went in for a meeting and it was like a lot of producers from a lot of countries. And uh, me and Mika were sitting for four hours talking about uh, uh, Queen Christina as a person and a lot of stuff. And then suddenly he said, thank you, um, yeah, let's keep in touch. Maybe we can go for a, a coffee tomorrow or something like that. And then he said, he called me up and said, oh, sorry, I can't go for a coffee. The producer can't go either for a coffee. And I was like, okay, uh, but can you go for a drink tonight? 
and the drink was a dinner and I went to the dinner and I was sitting there and we were talking, we had a really nice time. And then Anna Stratton from uh, Canada, the, one of the pr- main producers, she said, um, Marlene, you know that you are Christina now, right? <laughs> <laughs> you, I guess you didn't. I didn't. <laughs> so there's no ceremonial moment. You're no. part of the production. Yeah, exactly. You say you sat and talked about Christina. His vision for Christina, or had you done a little research on Christina? I knew a lot. Like, my middle name is actually Christina after her. Um, So that's the thing. But then also I saw Greta Garbo was one of my biggest idols when I was a kid. She did a version of it back in the 30s? Yeah, 33. There are rumors that Your Majesty is planning a foreign marriage. They're baseless. But, Your Majesty, you cannot die an old maid. I have no intention to, Chancellor. I shall die a bachelor. And um, she did this film. It wasn't the best version of it, but she was great. She was, you know, I mean, she... uh, she was remarkable then and, you know, did something that was quite unusual. And But the still she was also writing about it. It was like, oh, fuck. Now we're doing something that is so interesting about amazingly interesting uh, human being. And then still it's just a fucking love story between a man and a woman. Mm. Um, That's not doing justice to her story, no. No, no. Uh, but then... Um, um, yeah, so I knew about her, but then I was also reading about her. But then I, I thought I knew a lot. But when I started to read for real, <laughs> and I went to the Vatican and everything, oh, wow. I was like, okay, now I'm lost because this woman is. There's so much in that character, yeah. It's so much. Um, yeah, because it's not like you can go hang out with royalty from the mid-1600s to get a little feel for what oh, it's no, about. no, and, But she was also, she was just, she just bro- was breaking all the rules, creating something new, had great ideas, wanted to educate the people, wanted to, you know, she had so much things in her. And also, like, in her diary she's writing about, sometimes it's just like she's something that is sent from God to rule the world and sometimes you just say she hates herself so badly so it's just like this pendulum yeah but that made it also more difficult for me to make this film because it's just a limited you know we had the story and we just wanted to give the audience a key but still I just wanted Ah, but there's so much going on. I mean, the the, the cultural revolution. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. Is, is it tr- is it truly historic fact? I mean, did she correspond with Descartes like that? Was that? Yeah, yeah. Uh, she a, did, and she was she was wild. It's it, it, there's the sort of her personal coming of age, sort of having been raised in a princely manner, and has mm. she has to go through that, and then the the history of what's going on in the world, and her decision that she's going to make peace for the benefit of, benefit of her people, and. She wants to move her world forward in time so aggressively. It's it's an amazing performance, I have to say. Well, thank there, you very much. There's, there's so many different queens that I see over the course of that film. I was blown away, I just have to say. Oh, wow, thank you. Easy, easy, easy stuff. Uh, and I recommend it for anyone out there, if you haven't seen it, The Girl Queen. Uh, go find the that right King. now. The Girl King. 
How can I so? How can I miss that? Of course, the girl king, the you girl know. king. There you go. Um, but let's move on to why you're here. Unless you have anything else you want to talk about before we get into Advocate. Oh, I guess I didn't talk to you for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, no, I don't. Um, yeah, that's some of the things I've done. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, I, that we could yeah. IMDb bingo all day, but... No, not really. If we talk about Advocaten a little bit, for people who don't know, uh, it's the creators of Snobakash, the guys from Bruin are behind mm -hmm. it, so you have sort of a dream team coming together already, so I guess expectations are high. When you read the script, you say something about it resonated with you. Yeah. Why do you decide to jump in on this? You have a risk here. I mean, you're the co-star. This is your this is your project. I couldn't say I couldn't I I could not not do it. You know, I I when I um, also Sarah as a character. Uh, Can we tell people a little bit about I guess the backstory? Sarah and her brother, who have been estranged since childhood, uh, had a moment growing up where their ch their parents are executed basically in front of them, and now as adults. They come back together. 20 years later. 20 years later. And particularly Sarah, your character is driven with this focus mm. to find out who is responsible and avenge your parents' death. Is that a short synopsis? Perfect. Perfect. I've seen the first four episodes. So. Oh, that, that's actually more than I've been seeing. Okay. Again, don't so watch far. your own stuff. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it's it. It's absolutely worth watching. Yeah. No, but I, I've been seeing some of it and it looks really good, I must say. Hey, Brusham. Hey, what are you doing? Shasha. Okay. Du har inte hört av dig till mig på ett halvår. Nej. Säg inte att du har haft för mycket på jobbet. Det där är... Du hörde mitt meddelande. Ja. Liams födelsedagsfest. Lars Möller bor i Thailand. Han är bara i Danmark några veckor om året. Det är därför jag inte har hittat honom. Men jag träffade honom idag. Lars Möller var inte första polisen på plats efter explosionen. Han var ju bara aspirant då, men han minns att en annan polis var där när han kom till platsen efter explosionen. Och Möller skrev in det i sin rapport och den rapporten är borta. Den finns inte. Och någon har gjort sig omakt att stryka den här andra polisen, Jarno och Marko, i rapporten. Varför? Hur mår du? Vadå, hur mår du? Hur mår du? Du har gjort så här hela ditt liv. Du bara gräver i det här när du mår skit. Eller så mår du skit av att du gräver i Frank, det. Det spelar ingen roll. Frank, Frank, rapporten om mordet på våra föräldrar har förfalskats. Poliskommissarie Jarno Markon, han jobbar fortfarande i kåren i Köpenhamn. Och jag tänker att jag ska åka dit ikväll. Okay. Du, kan inte du följa med? Du, Frank, vi har aldrig haft ett så här starkt spår. Frank! Jag måste säga... Um, but yeah, so Sarah uh, and Frank, they also got not enough with the trauma, uh, not having any parents anymore. They also they also got split to different kind of um, homes. Uh, and Sarah works as a uh, how do you say drug cop? No, how do you say in that like a Drugged police? cop? Exactly. No, but so she also... She, yeah, she, she's she, a narcotics cop who has her own addiction. demons. Yeah. And demons, definitely. So, uh, and it's also um, 
the thing is, I think she just wanna. Uh, have something that it have a life that is peaceful and warm and happy. Uh, That's her dissension into drugs to find that. Do you know what I think it is? Uh, it's the big dark hole inside her that she she can't you know handle, and I think she need she, she needs to take drugs just as keep herself normal i I see this character who's leaning a hundred miles an hour in the chase yeah and then every now and then she has to be reminded yeah she's uh, uh, you're a mother too oh no that that scene in the car Mm. when she's chasing the Mm. the but she's extremely dedicated and still even though she have her demons she's she just need to do this and also find find a way and also take uh frank into it um, I think the balance of she has different elements to her character. Like I say, I see her. The, mm-hmm. Suddenly, she's the protective mother after sort of having being this laser focus. I'm solving this this crime cop mm-hmm. type person, and then she's this sort of helpless drug addict. Yeah, and she's fearless though. When mm-hmm. she gets closer and closer, she's the one who goes, "Okay, you you see something's going on behind the door." She's the one who opens the door and goes in, <gasps> and she's trying to drag Frank, who's much more careful, and he's going through a different transition as yeah, a character. Definitely. What's it, what's it like working with Alexander? It's great. I really enjoy. It. We had a casting together as well, and. Uh, that was so much fun. I don't even, you know, I, I can find it quite difficult to do casting sometimes. Um, but it was, it, it's, when you're just playing together and you, you just pick up each other's things and you're just there, uh, that's lovely. And he's also like a really, he has so much great positive energy. Um, and it's I, I really enjoy working with him, yeah. I, I tell you, I'm very pleasantly surprised with the show. When I heard the title, I expected, okay, every week we're going to have a new case and we're going to mm-hmm. learn this social issue. And I didn't expect so it was going to be so heavy and dark and yeah. brutal at times. There's a lot going on there. And the fine world of the legal profession and sort of the how close that filters out this very dark world. Mm. And, and seeing those two come together is a nice part of the story. Oh, yeah. But it's like it's it's a lot of uh, yeah it's um it's a lot of action going on but then still that the relationship between uh, these two siblings that just tries to come together and it's like so it's a lot it's a lot of stuff There's going on levels all different kinds of levels of relationships mm-hmm. uh, Alexander's character has got his challenges as oh, he goes God, through the yeah. transition. I like the way it's sort of set across the bridge and that there's that mixture of Denmark and... Do you know what? I love that too. It's so great. And to be able to work with this great Danish actors as well. Is it unfair that they're cast as the bad guys? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe it is. But the bad guys is also quite nice to play yeah I, I would because imagine. the ba- bad guys also have something that is good and mm. that's interesting yeah that Voldman character looks like it's going to evolve into something oh yeah <laughs> so suddenly there's a little humanity am i supposed to feel for him wait a yeah, minute <laughs> exactly. but that's also an inter- interesting thing with us as humans sometimes we take really really bad decisions and like 
what is really bad and what what's good you know that kind of thing is also our, oh. our, how do we incorporate our imperfections and how do yeah, we deal with yeah. each other's imperfections exactly. it's challenging yeah yeah I, well, I would say congratulations to you on Advocata, and I've enjoyed those first four episodes. I want to know, you're, before we finish here, mm-hmm. you've been named sort of uh, the next big thing. You won the award for the best new thing at uh, the Stockholm Film Festival a few years mm-hmm. ago. How does it feel to have that title on you? Does it, does it give you pressure? Is it a, is it a happy thing? You know, I... I get honored, of course. Nice. But still, and you know, I love what I'm doing, and I'm so happy that people are appreciating it. But still, I'm just like, you know, I don't, I don't really look at myself in that way. Um, I, the work is the work, <laughs> and people talking about the work is something completely different, yeah. I guess. But hopefully, it has some meaning to that. You get the feedback that people like what you're doing. Yeah, that's. I'm mean, gonna okay. put it there in my heart. It's. Um, it's that's lovely. What's coming up for you? Right now, I just arrived from the UK. I've been shooting in uh, Cardiff in Wales now for since September. We are going around a bit between Oxford and Wales and uh, Venice. And uh, sounds shoot. like a terrible life. It's so terrible. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> what is that <laughs> it's project? Lovely. It's um, um, a show um, that uh, called Dis- uh, Discover of Witches. Uh, that is based on uh, th- uh, three books that Deborah Harkness has been writing. And it's about vampires uh, and witches and demons in uh, modern time. Is it for television or for film? It's for television. Okay, cool. We'll be keeping yeah. our eyes out for that in the near future. If you had your choice and it was in your control, what would your next project be? <sighs> The first thing that just popped into my head was like I was I was done I was in my hotel in Soho, and they had like a press conference or some kind of sales sales conference um, um, of Paul Thomas Anderson's new movie, and that would be fucking amazing <laughs> to work with him. No, I don't know, but I'm sure he listens to the podcast. Paul <laughs> Thomas. <laughs> no, and of course, you know, there's so many. Sophia Coppola and you know I would love to do but it's also you know it's a lot of things I I don't know I get so shy when I'm gonna say you don't dare okay okay I don't want to don't want to jinx anything you don't have to say it out loud we'll just keep our eyes open for where you pop up but uh, everyone should tune into Advocaten starting on Via Play this season uh be on TV3 later on and uh Hopefully season two will be coming, based on what I've seen so far. It's really well-performed. It's a thriller through and through. Uh, Unexpected things happening. Killing your darlings right and left. Uh, Great performances by Maulin and by Alexander and a bunch of others. Uh, Real nice cast across the board. So congratulations. Thank you so much for taking the time to come up here, Maulin. We really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. Okay, you can go on with your life now. Thank you. Thanks again to Mullen for taking the time to join us, and thanks to you as well. It was a pleasure for me to get to know her a little bit. I hope you enjoyed listening in on our conversation. As always, the great Jose Fernandez Alameda is responsible for making this podcast sound so good. And once again, 
we'd like to thank the good people at I Like Radio for giving our podcast a home. We'll be back soon with a new episode of Stream Close-Up. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit Juvederm.com.